Barack Obama holds his 60th birthday party over the weekend. The CDC finally admits that vaccines don't stop the transmission of the virus, and more shootings occur in Chicago. I'm William Hall, and this is The William Hall Show. The William Hall Show is brought to you by the Second Amendment Jerky Company. This is a simple product that I really like. Fantastic beef jerky and a portion of every purchase goes to supporting your right to bear arms. The Second Amendment is in more danger now perhaps than ever in history. There are a ton of great ways to support the Second Amendment, but the most delicious way is to buy beef jerky from the Second Amendment Jerky Company. Plus, all orders ship free from 2ajerky.com. That is 2ajerky.com to support the Second eat delicious beef jerky, and of course, help support the William Hall Show. All right, welcome back to the show. So let's go ahead and jump right into things here. So the biggest story of the weekend has to do with the Obamas. So Barack Obama actually was holding his 60th birthday party over the weekend. And as you can probably expect, many people around and in the media were saying, well, this looks like it's going to be a super spreader event. I mean, how could it not be? He's inviting apparently all of these people. So it must be a super spreader event. It's going to be bad. All of these people are going to wind up catching the virus. Well, the thing was that Obama put out a statement basically saying that he was going to scale this down. He was going to uh, reduce the amount of people that were there and only invite close friends, close family, and, and, and other people like that. So that way they didn't have this huge population of people there uh, that would only be contributing to the spread of the virus. Well, he lied about that, and not just a little bit, he lied about it in a major, major way. So this was supposed to be a drastically reduced party, and it's kind of a joke because they don't care. So according to reports, he had up to 700 guests and 200 staff, okay, set to attend this birthday party uh, th that he was having, by the way, and this is being held at Martha's Vineyard, this $12 million waterfront estate, by the way. So this is a huge, huge party going on there. Um, he had Oprah Winfrey there. George Clooney was there. Steven Spielberg, a bunch of other people. It's kind of actually weird that Biden wasn't there for whatever reason. I'm not sure why, but uh, either way, you had all of these Hollywood elites show up for this birthday party. Now, meanwhile, while this is going on, what are we being told? What are the peasants, the normies being told around uh, on by the media and everyone else? We're being told that we must wear the mask, that we must lock down, that we can't have events like this. I mean, not too long ago, they were trying to stop people from basically having July 4th celebrations, and yet Obama's doing whatever he wants to do. So on Friday, photos were released of massive tents set up outside of the Obama compound in the events of the former president's birthday bash. And you can see in this picture here what we're talking about. Uh, just a massive tent here. I mean, there's no reason, if, if you're listening to this on audio, there's no reason why you should have a tent this big. I mean, it is absolutely Huge. It's bigger than any event I've ever seen <laughs> as far as having a tent set up for this. So this clearly was not scaled back. It wasn't scaled down. It wasn't just close friends and family. This was clearly just as extravagant and lavish as it was going to be from the get-go. But he said something else to the press because he wanted to lie to everyone and pretend as if that wasn't what was going to happen. 
So here's also a clip that leaked from some singer or something that was at the party, and and you can see on the inside you got you have uh, Obama there dancing and everything, but but just look at the amount of people that are in here and tell me what's wrong with this picture. So as you can see by the video there, you have people that are wearing no mask. Also, by the way, there was no vaccine mandate or anything like that to attend this event either. So you have to kind of wonder, uh, what's going on? Why are they allowed to do this? Why are we being told that we can't do this? Because the thing is that even though there was no proof that they had any kind of vaccine mandate, I mean, every liberal on Twitter was telling us and uh, responding to every comment about this and saying, well, they're all, they all must be vaccinated. That's why they're able to do this. They're able to do this because they got the vaccine. That's what we're being told. But the reality, the reality behind the situation is that then why are they telling people that we need to be masked up and locked down or that we can't hold events regardless of vaccination status. I mean, that's what we're hearing right now. We're hearing that today where we go around. You, you, you just all you just have to do is look at uh, any of these other businesses or especially the uh, Democrat run states. And you're seeing them firsthand right in front of you. Tell you doesn't matter whether you've been vaccinated or not. The rules still apply to you. So why is it that Obama did he get a maybe did he give did he give a different type of vaccine or something? What exactly is the reason why he's able to do this with this vaccine, but nobody else is able to enjoy these types of activities or at least are advised against what we do because they never said anything against what Obama's doing there. I mean, keep in mind, these people flew in on private jets. You have these mansion parties. Uh, Martha's Vineyard, I think, I think is about four feet above sea level. These people clearly don't care about any of the issues that the Democrats are trying to push, like climate change. And the uh, the levels of the seawater rising, they don't care about that. And they surely don't care about this virus either. And you're seeing this firsthand. Because once again, you can't pay attention to what people say. I, I don't like paying attention to what people say. Because, you know, they can say whatever they want. What I, but I really like paying attention to what people actually do. I judge them by what they do. And what we're seeing right now is not only Obama, but a bunch of other Hollywood elites in general that are all gathered for this party doing whatever they want to do. And they don't care about the mask. They don't care about anything else. To them, it is it's, it's just another technicality that they want you to adhere by, but that they could care less about trying to adhere by for themselves. It's the classic rules for thee, but not for me kind of thing that they type, uh, like to pull. We've seen the same thing with Gavin Newsom. We've seen the same thing with Nancy Pelosi with the salon. I mean, it goes the list goes on and on of the hypocrisy. But, you know, at some point, I have to assume that these people must know that they're being hypocrites. They must know that they're telling the world one thing, demonizing us for one thing, while doing exactly that. Basically, accusing us of things that they themselves are guilty of doing. We have to assume they know that they're hypocrites. So, you know, it's easy for me to point out the hypocrisy and say, well, you know, they're telling you to do this while they're doing this and whatnot. But the fact is, is all I have to say is, you know what, let's go ahead and let's start pushing this. I think we need to change the narrative. Instead of just calling out the hypocrisy, let's just say it for what it is. Let's live like the Obamas. Let's do exactly what they're doing. And if any Democrat is telling you that you can't hold an event, that you must wear this mask to go here or go there or to do this uh, or whatever the activity is, just tell them, hey, I'm living like the Obamas because they told me and they showed us by example, by what they actually do, that it's perfectly fine, that there should be no problem with that.
So that's what I'm saying to myself, at least in this situation, is let's live like the Obamas. Let's live without the masks and let's live without worrying about social distancing or anything about the virus for that matter, because apparently they don't care. And if they don't care, there is zero reason why you should care, why I should care, why anybody should legitimately care about all of the rules that they're trying to mandate on people. Seriously, this is another reason why regardless of what happens with this Delta variant over the next year or so, or however long it's going to be, I don't want to see the church shut down again, because this is one of the best examples of that that we can possibly look to right here. Because last year, yeah, I get it. You know, a lot of people didn't uh, understand what was going on. We were trying to do what was in the best interest of the, of the people that were there. But now that we know, now that we know, I don't want to see another church close their doors again. Because if Obama's able to do this, why is it that the church, <laughs> the most important thing, the most essential thing that we have in this country is the first one to close its doors right alongside with all of these other businesses. Meanwhile, Obama gets to do this. It's examples like this that show us that they are laughing at us. They're literally laughing at us because they're saying, oh, they're, well, they're shutting down their churches and I'm having my 60th birthday bash and doing whatever I want. So I haven't seen any clothes that I know of. But I'm hoping that none of them shut down again, because that was in hindsight, it was a bad idea when you look at the way that the Democrats have been treating this entire situation, because they could they could care less about the uh, the, the sanctity uh, and the importance of, or the, the how essential church is. But they're all of a sudden, it's fine if they go to the salon, it's fine if they go to a nice restaurant, it's fine if Obama decides that it's his 60th birthday and he wants to have this massive celebration inviting everyone in Hollywood to it. So when we see this hypocrisy, it just makes a case for the fact that we ought to live exactly like they're doing, showing us that they don't care. And that's where the proof is. They really have no excuse now. They have zero excuse to try to push any of these mandates to try to tell us what to do whatsoever because they don't care. And every time somebody or some liberal says anything about masks or anything else, like I said, I'm living like the Obamas, okay? So you can't say anything against me. <laughs> so the CDC director has now admitted that the COVID vaccines actually don't stop the transmission of the virus. Here's her statement here. Um, our vaccines are working exceptionally well. They continue to work well for Delta with regard to severe illness and death. They prevent it. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. So if you're going home to somebody who has not been vaccinated, to somebody who can't get vaccinated. So there's clearly been a flip of information here. And obviously the information is always changing. But in March, she said this. So this is a, a quote from her saying, our data from the CDC today suggests that vaccinated people do not carry the virus. That was what she was actually talking about. And in late July, she then also uh, touted that the vaccine passports are a path forward for the country. And she also praised the European nations requiring health passes for citizens to get into public spaces such as bars and nightclubs. However, the issue is that she's not being entirely truthful about all of this. Number one, the data changes, obviously. As time goes on, we learn more. And the problem is, is that what was true a month ago isn't true today. And like as I mentioned before, that you know, yesterday's misinformation or today's misinformation is tomorrow's fact. Because as more data comes out, all of a sudden the ideas and everything around this whole entire situation change entirely. And it's kind of, a lot of it's, once again, the, the people that are the conspiracy theorists, the ones that they like to call us that, 
are actually the ones that want it being overall truth uh, or at least truthful in the situation that's going on because it always winds up where they're right. They're just right ahead of the curve. But like I said, she's being a little bit dishonest here because India is a very interesting place right now. It's actually the least vaccinated country in the world at a rate of 7.9% of people actually being vaccinated. So the, uh, the Delta variant surge came and went within the uh, densely populated nation within weeks. The fatality rate was uh, subsequently uh, plummeted again without the aid of the COVID vaccines whatsoever. And then in mid-July, uh, Reuters reported that 68% of Indians have COVID antibodies, which have brought down the case and fatality rate on their own. So this is a situation where you have a country that has, uh, they're obviously very close. I think I remember a lot of people even saying that the Delta variant was kind of the, uh, the big one there uh, for a lot of people, specifically in India. And what you're seeing is an actual natural herd immunity for the most part, where you have, yeah, some people that got vaccinated, sure. But where the vast majority of the country is not dying because of the fact that they have a somewhat of a natural herd immunity. They already have these antibodies built up and 68% of them do, which is almost to the 70% that Fauci was talking about uh, a year ago or so. Then, of course, once again, he flipped and changed on that all of a sudden saying, well, the, the real immunity is actually with the vaccine. That That's not what, you know, the no, normal natural herd immunity is. OK, uh, but you're seeing India be an example of this. The mainstream media are going to ignore this. They're going to misconstrue these numbers as much as they can. Whatever they can find to make it look like India is doing really bad is what they're going to do. They did the same thing to Florida. Because they didn't want to give Ron DeSantis credit for doing the right job by staying open and proving, hey, look, our cases didn't go up by us staying open the entire time. But they're going to do the same thing to India as well. Make no mistake about that. But speaking about vaccines and everything, you always have had these companies try to force people to or try to uh, coerce people to get the vaccine based off of different little advertisements. And I've seen TikTok dances. I mean, it, the list goes on of the cringy things we've seen. But this time they decided to bring in this entrepreneur now, uh, you, you tell me if this guy sounds like an entrepreneur i i doubt it i doubt it um but they bring in this guy to basically tell you why you should get the vaccine during the pandemic my lifestyle drastically changed my income came to a screeching halt you have to understand i'm a hustler i'm a legit entrepreneur i sell things i come in contact with people all the time i have to stay safe i didn't have a choice but to trust the vaccine and if you live the type of lifestyle that i live you out here in these streets and you hustling, an entrepreneur like me, why not do it safely? So I want everybody to take this seriously. Take a shot at staying healthy. Get the vaccine. All right, so first of all, what is this guy hustling and what is he selling? Because something tells me that this isn't like some legitimate businessman. This doesn't uh, come off as somebody that's actually doing the right thing in the community. It sounds like this guy's some kind of drug dealer or something. And, and by technicality, he kind of is a drug dealer if he's kind of vouching for these vaccines right now. So, But either way, it, it's just kind of weird to me that you have this guy there standing up saying, I, I had to get it. I, I had to. It's like, uh, okay, so somebody forced you to get the vaccine. Is that what you're basically saying? What is going on here? I mean, to say that you have no choice is pretty... Uh, Pretty ridiculous. But what you have is this ridiculous pandering, okay, that's done by these people. And, and they're trying to put this out there and say, you must get this vaccine because we, we need black people, more black people to get the vaccine out. Because apparently, a lot of black people actually are 
fairly or surprising to me, uh, not trusting a lot of the data around the vaccine and are not getting vaccinated uh, at a very, very high rate. So they're trying to push these or convince these communities to do this by bringing in this entrepreneur to tell you the reasons why you should do that. And of course, it's just in the most patronizing way possible. Hey, man, what's up? Let me speak all of this slang and try to convince you to get the vaccine. It's, it's not just for those white folks. It's for it's for us. You know, it, it, it's really just stupid and, and it kind of comes off as this SNL skit, like something that's fake, that's not real uh, and it just doesn't sound genuine at all and this guy comes off, off as fake, especially when in the literal thing he's saying they made me say this, they made me take the vaccine, I'm not trusting this guy at all, you know, it, it just doesn't really uh, bode well at all when you see all of the pandering happen, once again, you shouldn't be even doing this at this point, I mean right now anything that I see from this point forward that's pointing out the vaccine that's talking about the vaccine and saying you must take this or you should take this really kind of is to say, or, or I only really have one question for them. Why? Give me the reasons why. When you look at the data, when we look at what's happening, you can still get sick with the COVID. You can still die from it. You can all these other things that can happen. Maybe the, the symptoms may not be as worse or as bad. We're not entirely sure. It, it may be the case for some people, maybe not for other people. Either way, there's not a massive incentive to do that when this new variant is out there and now they're trying to push the boosters on top of everything else. So it's just another situation where I'm having to kind of call into question and ask these questions that people are oftentimes scared to ask, you know, what is happening? Should we actually do this or not? And, and when you have these, uh, these PSAs from uh, people that are trying to pander to a specific community, it just comes off as desperate. And to me, it doesn't convince me at all. It actually, if anything, makes me a lot more skeptical. You know, the more that people have to say, get, get, get it, get it, get it all the time, the less inclined I think most people are to actually do it in the first place. Today's show is also sponsored by Gab user Christian Resurgence. He wants to ask you, are you really born again or are you a Christian in name only? Are you trusting in Christ? The Bible says to examine yourself and see if you are in the faith. Do you seek to do all things to the glory of God or are you living for someone or for yourself and occasionally making mention of the name Jesus? Are you comparing yourself to Christ or to others who claim to be Christians even though they live contrary to the teachings of Jesus? Scripture says, they profess to know God, but in works they deny Him. Since you've professed Christ, have your thoughts and desires and lifestyle changed? The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. If your heart is still set on wickedness, if you act the same, still enjoy the same worldly pleasures, take the opinions of man over the authority of Scripture, don't have a desire to please God or pray and study the Bible, and aren't growing in grace, then you aren't born again. Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus said, Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Repent and obey Jesus, because the Bible says, Unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Everyone will spend an eternity either in heaven or the lake of fire, so seek the Lord while he may be found, and call upon him while he is near. Trust in Christ alone. Once again, that's Christian Resurgence on Gab. Great person to follow as well. They have a bunch of great insight to the Bible as well. Chicago is one of those places where the crime has always been terrible. And this weekend was another one. Not necessarily because of the amount of people who got shot this weekend. Obviously, that's a major problem as well, but it's not the most we've seen. Um, but because of what actually took place with the loss of a specific officer over the course of this weekend in Chicago. So at least 67 people were shot. And this is just 
the run-of-the-mill crime. And this is just since Friday, um, since we have that report on Sunday. So just a couple of days, you have 67 people shot in the hospital with something like that just over the course of the weekend. 10 were shot fatally. So 10 people died uh, due to gunshot wounds that are just civilians and whatnot. But also uh, a police officer also lost her life as well in the line of duty. Her name was Ella French. Here's a picture of that as well. Uh, she was 29 years old. Uh, Chicago police officer was murdered Saturday night during a traffic stop of all things. And, uh, you know, the thing is that she also left behind a two month old daughter, uh, after being shot and killed at around 9 PM that night. Um, so basically the reports were showing that two men and one woman were in, it were in a car and that someone had opened fire on them at this kind of routine traffic stop. Uh, the officers fired back. Uh, the two men were taken into custody. One was injured. Uh, the woman is apparently still at large at this moment. So, Really tragic incident that you have going on there. And, and really what this makes me think about is the when you really take a second to look at what's going on, especially over the course of the last year, when you look at BLM and everything like that, the demonization of these cops is entirely unfair. And, and many people have brought this up where sometimes the most dangerous thing for a cop is actually getting shot in a situation where they don't expect to be shot. And so many people assume, oh, well, it's, it's it, you know, what do they expect when they, you know, go to chasing after some guy that just robbed a bank or something? Well, yeah, everybody's on high alert. You know, but when you pull over somebody for a traffic stop, you have no idea what those people are going to do. You know, it could have been for an expired tag. You, it, it, Who knows? Maybe it was a stolen vehicle. You, you don't know what's, what, what you're going to expect when you pull somebody over. And this traffic stop wound up turning into the last thing that they ever did. And that is a problem. Is a problem that is a Chicago issue at large, has been for a while, by the way. And it's a problem with the Democrats that are in charge. Remember, these places that have the highest gun violence are the same ones that advocate for all of these rules on guns, have the strictest gun laws, and yet they still have these problems. And Lori Lightfoot's a perfect example of that. The mayor of Chicago that refuses to take responsibility for what's going on, refuses to actually do anything about this. So she said in this tweet here that I'm showing... Today, in an, in an official day of mourning for the city, we lost a young officer. I offer my condolences to her mother, brother, family, and friends. Please keep this officer, the officer in the hospital and the CPD in your prayers. Some say we don't do enough for the police. Others say we do too much. All of this must stop. We have a common enemy. It's guns and violence they bring. So it's just the guns and the violence. It's not the people that actually do that. It's, it's these arbitrary tools that people are using to conduct these murders and shooting people all over the city. I mean, I mean, when you read this, it's just so disingenuous just, just to see somebody try to entirely uh, just take away the impact of what actually took place and, and really look to see what is the real problem in Chicago right now. Folks, if she was right about it being guns, it would have worked by now. Chicago has some of the strictest rules on guns in the entire country it didn't work the laws don't work the problem is the people that are wielding these guns that are managing to get them regardless of whether there's a strict gun law or not there and she's basically saying some people do too or she's saying in her statement when she's saying well some people say we don't do enough some people say we do uh too much who's saying you do too much I mean, maybe some of the radical BLM people. But the fact is that she's just basically saying, hey, look, let's not have this discussion. It's guns. Guns are the common enemy. Not the criminals. I mean, she legitimately thinks that all of a sudden you take these guns away, people are just going to turn into saints. 
But anyway, so she goes on. She says, two young people did what we asked for them. Service over self and one paid with her life. Devoted officers reported for duty today despite their fears and pain. These officers deserve to make it home safely today and every day. But even what she's saying in this in this kind of that first tweet there, where she's saying two young people did what we asked of them. Service over self. Look, once again, this is this is obviously that's what they signed up to do. But the way that she's when you when it's coming from somebody that's basically saying it wasn't the criminals, it was the guns that did it. And then they make this statement. It just comes off as so disingenuous. Like, well, she was doing her job, which <laughs> that's what we asked her to do is to basically die in the line of duty. But it's, it's the guns. It's the guns, not the criminals. That's the mind of somebody that is clearly out of touch with the actual problems of Chicago. And like I said, if she was correct about any of this, the problems would have been solved. But they haven't been solved. They've only been getting worse. Because of people like her that refuse to actually look at the real situation behind everything. Once again, taking away the guns, you if you got, let's just play, let's just kind of pretend here for a second. If you take away all of the guns, do you really think that all the criminals are going to turn into God-fearing saints? Because that's not what's going to happen. It doesn't matter what the weapon of choice is. It could be a machete, a knife, or anything. They're going to find a way to hurt people because they're criminals. So either clean up the criminal behavior... Or, or just resign. Because the problem is that she's costing lives by not doing her job and continues to blame other people. Meanwhile, she's the same one that's on the streets, in the streets, protesting, telling people, uh, advocating for defund the police. I mean, it's mind-boggling that it isn't even worse than it is. But it's continuously going up and up and up and up. Because and what I, what I find very interesting, too, is on Twitter, if you go and look at the comments, you're seeing a lot of the citizens of Chicago, black people included, that are saying, this is crazy, this is ridiculous, we just want to feel safe. I hope that people realize well enough when I read these comments that, hey, maybe it's the fact that you need to get rid of this person that is a Democrat. Maybe maybe you need somebody that's going to uphold law and order. Maybe you need to uh, you know not stand with somebody that supports defund the police. Maybe then you might actually get... Uh, you know, what you're actually looking to get out of this. Because right now, none of this is going to work. And when you have officers losing their lives like this, and a person that refuses to accept the real responsibility in this situation from it, it's just, it's just terrible. So there is this new report that just came across here that I'm looking at. Uh, and it's dealing with the, uh, the feds actually paying for full-term aborted uh, baby parts. And it's really, really sickening to read all of this. And, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I just want people to be aware of what's going on because it's such an important story about how taxes are being used. We are not paying attention to what's going on, what's really happening behind the scenes as well. So the uh, NIH, which is the National Institute of Health, which, by the way, it's the same NIH that's responsible for a lot of the gain of function research behind the co coronavirus as well. Uh, but they were granted $3.2 million in federal funds to the University of Pittsburgh to achieve its goal of becoming a fetal tissue collection site that could quickly harvest the organs of full-term aborted babies. Now, before I get into the rest of this, the reason why these reports are coming out right now is because they were kind of forced to come out. It was this uh, uh, kind of this finance transparency kind of deal. So they had to basically come out and say, okay, okay, guys, now that you've made us, we'll tell you uh, what we're spending our money on. And this is one of the things that came out of that, that report. So this is from a uh, Judicial Watch release. But uh, basically, it goes on saying that the uh, the documents reveal that the taxpayer funds were spent 
on uh, Pittsburgh's quest to become a tissue hub for harvesting the tissue of organs of aborted babies of 6 to 42 weeks gestation. In May, they released a video that alleged the NIH of using taxpayer funds to sponsor um, experimentation uh, at the college there on aborted babies obtained from a local Planned Parenthood facility. And a lot of people kind of pass this off as rumor or something, but this is the report that we're seeing here. That Planned Parenthood is selling the aborted fetuses literally to this institution and they're using this for scientific research, okay? And if you think that this funding has ended, think again. Because the reports also show that they've already have been granted at least $2.7 million for its human uh, fetal tissue harvesting activities. So they're still giving money to this activity. And these documents also show that taxpayer, uh, taxpayer money is being used to turn the University of Pittsburgh into a one-stop shop human fetal tissue shop. From procuring the tissue from elective abortions, subdividing the human remains, and distributing and shipping the harvested tissue as well. What you're seeing here is pure evil. There's no doubt about it. Anybody that's telling you anything else is out of their mind. This is not about science. This is purely about people taking advantage of a situation and then using it for evil purposes. And Democrats call this a right. They do. They're telling people that they have a that women they have a right to allow this to happen. This isn't a right. This is purely people that have overstepped the bounds of efficacy and have gone and done whatever they want to do. And that shouldn't be allowed. By no means should this be allowed whatsoever. But for some reason, as long as they can get funding and not tell you about it, they're going to do it. This is why we need to be so aware of what's going on. Because abortion on, on its own is obviously an issue that's horribly evil. But when they can't even give a burial to these, what are babies? What are human lives? And are instead dissecting them and shipping them across the different countries or whatever all over the way, all over the place so that they can use them for scientific experiments. I don't understand how these people are supposed to get away with this. To me, this just transcends far beyond what was already evil and just doing even more evil with it. I mean, but once again, when you are, this is why the Democrats have pushed so hard to say that it's not really a life in the womb. It's not really a baby in there. It's just this tissue and whatever. They say this so that they can validate stuff like this. You think it's just for some argument? You think it's just so they can validate a woman getting an abortion? No, it's so that they can also use these things for scientific experiments. So that they can test medications and do all the rest of this stuff. And for some reason, we're supposed to just nod along while our taxpayer money is literally being spent on this. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Not, not at all. At least for if, if, at any capacity. If I have the ability to speak out on it, I'm going to speak out on it. Because it's just such a sickening thing to see them do this. Where do you draw the line? I mean, we have to ask ourselves, where are we going to draw the line in the sand to say you're not allowed to go any further past this? This is the problem with science. If this is science, I don't want any of it. Because it just goes too far at trying to utilize things that are just based off of something that's absolutely disgusting. When you look at the gain-of-function research as well from the NIH, when we're talking about COVID-19 as well, that was another thing. Because we saw that it was clearly uh, being funded, uh, or they were giving funding to the Wuhan lab. to, And what, we, what we're talking about, when we're talking about gain-of-function, if you haven't watched any of the Fauci and uh, Rand Paul back and forth, it's really just this idea that COVID was not a virus that could infect humans initially. It was something that was made to infect humans. 
And they were experimenting on ways to get it to be the most infectious in humans. Oops, and then it gets out. Then it gets out. It's almost like all of this experimenting is only hurting our society, only hurting people. And when you have people like Fauci and others that refuse to take responsibility for this, it doesn't help anything. And this just adds on to it. It's just another uh, just stack of evil on top of what was already there from the NIH and, and this other scientific research that just doesn't bode well for people that are actually caring anything about ethics whatsoever or Christians or anything else. Like I said, if this is science, I don't want any of it. I don't want any more of this stuff. This needs to stop immediately. But the best thing we can do is just to make people aware of this because I'm pretty sure most people in the United States would not stand for stuff like this if they knew what was really going on. All right, to add to the ever-changing list of things that we have to try and keep track of, this episode's TikTok liberal is a person that is trying to add a new uh, orientation that I've never heard of before. Uh, you'll have to tell me what you think of this one. I'm glad you asked. People who identify as abrosexual are fluid with their sexualities. What? Like gender fluid, abrosexual friends one day might feel pan, but then the next day they might feel asexual. And a week later, they could just be gay. Their sexualities are fluid. Does this mean they're fluid with all the sexualities? <laughs> Some. Every abrosexual is different. And we love our abrosexual friends! Alright, so honestly, when I first heard this, I was looking at this and I think, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, are they saying hey bro sexuals? Like, <laughs> what are they talking about? I mean, I mean, I, I would assume kind of listening to it, it was like, you know, maybe these hey bro sexuals are just some guys that are just like, hey, I just like hanging out with my bros, you know, whatever. I, I don't, I'm not sure about that, <laughs> but whatever this is, it's this new thing. It's called abrosexual or something. I'm, I'm not sure. It's just really stupid sounding, if you ask me. And, and really, when I was listening to this, the first thing that kind of came to my mind, besides that, was, was just this idea that I remember when there was a time when progressive meant or progressed when it came down to sexuality and all of the all of the rest of that was about this idea that you were born a certain way that you were born uh to to have this certain type of orientation or to be this this whatever it is now you're basically out there you have these people on tiktok and everywhere else saying well you can actually just kind of change that depending on any number of things really and i don't need to give you an excuse about it it doesn't really matter because I can just change it to whatever I want it to be. And that's what's crazy about this. I mean, it was always this, I was born this way. Now they're saying, ah, I'm just choosing to just do whatever I want to do. And how dare you say something against me or call me the wrong name, right? But years later, uh, there's an orientation now that's kind of making up this idea of constant change, okay? We already have the gender fluid that I kind of showed you in the last episode where you have this girl just changing around and, oh, some days I feel like this and some days I feel like a man and it just kind of just springs up on me all of a sudden and now you have an orientation that basically does the exact same thing. It's just, ah, you know, sometimes I, I fit in this class of orientation and that other weird name orientation and that other weird name orientation and you kind of have to scratch your head and wonder, you know, maybe you're just kind of going through what a lot of people or maybe just general teenagers might be going through normally. But because you're so busy trying to stack a, a name on it, a label on it, that now you need to have a label to cover all of those labels. That sounds really woke. 
That, at least that's what it sounds like to me, um, because it really is starting to sound like a choice. It's not sounding like something that you're forced into or born into uh, at all, to, at least to me. But I also have a bonus one today because these just keep giving. I mean, there's just so many of these. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's just how many can I possibly choose from? But anyways, so this one, just like the fluid pronouns or fluid orientations, well, this one is the fluid pronouns where they're going through and they made what they're calling a pronoun bracelet. I just made pronoun bracelets and I would like to explain them. This one stands for he, him, so green and blue, more masculine colors, I guess. This one stands for she, her, so pink and purple, more feminine color. And then this one stands for they, them, and it's yellow and orange, which are like gender neutral colors. When I wear this one, uh, it means that I just go by they, them. When I wear these two together, it means I go by she, them. When I wear these together, it means I go by he, them. When I wear all of them, it means that I go by all pronouns. And when I wear these together, it means that I go by she, him. I'm gonna wear them all right now because I go by all pronouns right now. My pronoun, like, preference has changed three times today. This does not happen very often with me, but I'm wearing all three right now. All right, I have to admit it. We're, we're at the beginning of a health crisis. Um, to be honest with you, we're actually kind of already there. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm really struggling on this one to really understand exactly what the validation is behind this. And, you know, the, the, the problem is, is that this is probably the stupidest one because it's like, I know these pronouns are confusing, so I'm going to wear all of these bracelets. That means something to me to tell you what you ought to call me at any given point in time, including wearing any combination of them or all of them at the same time to tell you that you can call me whatever you want. That to me just seems absolutely ridiculous and, and just... I'm having trouble understanding what's really going on. This is mental health problems on display being touted as wokeism, as progressivism. It isn't. I, I think it's just teens looking for attention, and this is the best way that they can do that. By saying, well, look at my bracelets. They, these define me and how you need to refer to me in every single way. It really doesn't work for me at all. And, and then going by she, him, how does that work? Exactly. I'd love to know the explanation behind that one because how can you go by she and him at the same time? I mean, typically these kind of went in uh, or kind of correlated to each other, right? Where you had she, her, or he, him. Now you've got she, him. What? How does that work? You know, I don't even know what to call blank. I mean, if you call blank his or her or her him, is blank going to be offended? And the only reason I'm using blank is because their their pronouns have obviously changed by the time I make this video and you are watching this video. So you can see where all of this falls apart. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, how do you even refer to this person on paper or anything else when everything is constantly in flux? You'll never have an idea of who in the world you're even talking to because it's changing all the time, depending on what bracelets they decide to put on. So I'm really just confused by this one entirely, and I I don't understand what's going on. And you notice the other thing, too, I've noticed in a lot of these TikTok rants that you see is that everybody is entirely focused on on me. You hear a lot of me, I, my, you hear that all the stuff are mine. All of this happens all the time because these people are entirely self-absorbed. They only care about themselves. They only care about the issues that are going on with them and how you need to treat them in a specific way. And if you don't do that, if you by any means, by the way, mistake one bracelet that she's wearing for another bracelet for another bracelet, then all of a sudden, what's going to happen to you? You're going to get canceled. You're going to lose your job. I mean, we've seen TikToks from teachers that are uh, that, that were trying to be really woke, 
I mean, they legitimately were. They were actually trying to be super woke, and they were saying, well, I, I'm going to really try to give all the students their chance at changing their pronouns, and they can change them whenever they want, and I'm the cool, woke teacher. And then they later release a, a, another TikTok saying, ooh, I messed up, because even I can't keep track of people that are changing it day by day by day. You know, it's like a kid walking into your classroom or something and their names, their actual, you know, legal name is Michael. And so you call them Michael at first and they say, hey, I want to be called Mike. And you're like, cool. Okay. Your name is Mike. I'll call you Mike or whatever. You know, you know you're the teacher or whatever. Right. And then later on, they maybe a week later say, you know, actually, I want to go back to Michael again. And then you call them as the teacher, Mike, because you didn't know they changed it. And then they get mad because they were supposed to have, you were supposed to automatically know through, I don't know, osmosis that they really wanted to be called their original name again. And then you get cancel me as a result of it or they're offended because of it that's the age that we're living in but with pronouns but with genders and names that's the difference and it's entirely self-absorbed they don't care about anybody but themselves and that's really the problem with our youth today but with that being said that is all i have for you on this episode i thank you for watching or listening to this one i'm william hall and this is the william hall show